You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Starts with you, just like everything else. So getting really comfortable with asking yourself, what am I feeling? What do I want? Welcome to another episode of Audition Secrets. I'm your host, Justin Guarini. Thank you so very much for being here. If you don't know, Audition Secrets is the behind the scenes podcast for nailing more auditions and booking more jobs. And we also have amazing conversations with some outstanding people in and around our business. Today is an extremely special episode. I'm having my first licensed therapist, licensed or otherwise, therapist on the show. Her name is Rachel Wright, and she is the co-founder of the Wright Wellness Center. That's W-R-I-G-H-T, wellnesscenter.com, where you can find out more about her. Really quickly, before I get to the interview, if you have not gone to auditionsecrets.com and downloaded my free book by the name of Audition Secrets Volume 1, then what are you waiting for? It's absolutely free. Go to auditionsecrets.com and get the behind the scenes guidebook for nailing more auditions and booking more jobs. It has got some awesome stuff, practical things that you literally can take and read one time and then implement that very same day in your auditions to see huge results. Okay, that's enough of me plugging things. I want to get to the interview because it's so much fun. Rachel Wright is a musical theater nerd, gluten-free connoisseur. Oh, and also she happens to be a marriage counselor and a licensed psychotherapist. And she believes that knowing how to communicate, especially about topics as touchy as relationships and sex, is one thing. Actually doing it well is another thing. She's had a bunch of training in psychology, mental health, and counseling, but she likes to go through the trenches with you in real life. And her mission is to help people have better sex, better relationships, and better mental health. The work that she and her husband, Kyle, do makes communication stronger, turns the bedroom into a place of confidence, and gives you the tools you need to feel secure in your own skin. Now, when I read that about Rachel, I was like, hmm, wait a minute, though. A performance is performance. Sexual is performance, certainly. But what do we do in the room? What do we do on stage? That's a whole other kind of performance. So why not dig into that and talk about a bunch of things that surround the kind of performance that we have to do and see what Rachel has to say about it. And I promise you, the conversation does not disappoint. Here's my interview with Rachel Wright. Rachel, welcome to the show. You're a very special guest. Usually I have performers or writers or directors on, but you are my very first therapist. Welcome. 
Yay! <laughs> this is so exciting. I love it. Yeah. I, it's it's truly an honor. Oh, thank you very much. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, and I'm really excited to talk to you about uh, all the things that we have planned to talk about. But uh, let's get to who you are first. You're the co-founder of the Right Wellness Center. And you can find out all about the Right Wellness Center at rightwellnesscenter.com. The link is going to be in the show notes. But before I say anything else, you're not just any therapist. You're a therapist with a theater background, so you're also one of us. Yes, I am. It's so true. It's, you know, and I think that that's why this is so wonderful. And I'm so excited to connect because so many people don't realize the overlap between our mental health and theater. And it's a it's a real thing. It like, is truly a real thing. Most people most people in life don't take enough time to focus on their mental health. And then when you think about all the stresses and strains and everything else that we have to do in theater, oh, I'm glad oh. people like you exist. That's all I got to say. Well, thanks. I, yeah, I've definitely been on both sides of it and, you know, I have my own story around choosing the psychology route, but it was one of those like, you know, I can I can do the therapy thing. I need the degree to do the therapy thing, but I don't need a degree to do the theater thing. I can take classes outside of it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just love both. So it's really cool to be able to chat with you about both things and kind of it's where my heart overlaps. I love it. All right. Well, let's get into it. I invited you on because the entertainment business is basically shit. I mean, <laughs> I love it. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I mean, and that's a nice way of putting it. I, I like I do. I love it. And I've thrived in it and I've been on the roller coaster. But you and I and everyone else who has ever set foot in this business knows that it can be a complete and total mind job. So when we were communicating via email, you mentioned that the three biggest issues you see your clients having are one, anxiety and depression, two, communication issues with partners, friends, and family, and three, intimacy issues, meaning low libido, mismatched libido, unable to talk about sexuality, etc. So let's get down and dirty, Rachel, because we have so much great information to cover, and I really want to focus in on uh, that first part of the first thing that we were talking about, which is anxiety. Now, a lot of people mistake certain things that they are feeling or misinterpret, I should say, certain things they're feeling um, as anxiety. So it, what is your clinical definition of anxiety and its symptoms? Yeah. Oh, it's such a good question. I, well, first of all, I think it's so important to acknowledge that just like everything in life, anxiety is on a spectrum. Yeah. So there are, you know, if you're not feeling any anxiety, you're probably dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Let's just toss that out. Like you are six feet under, burned to a crit, like however you want to go, you're gone. So in the spectrum of being alive, there's feeling of, you know, little anxiety and then all the way on the other side to like a diagnosable anxiety disorder where perhaps like panic attacks are happening all the time right. or you have to actually check yourself in. So when we're talking about anxiety, there's such a giant spectrum of it. But a lot of times we confuse anxiety with stress. And right. it's really important to distinguish what they are and, and also between anxiety and fear. Sure. So fear is, I'd like to use this very simple example of if you go on a hike and there is a bear on the trail, you need to run the fuck away from the bear. <laughs> yes, yeah, nine times out of 10. Yeah, yeah, and that is fear. You're like, oh, scary thing in front of my face. I gotta get the F out of here. That's fear. So like stage fright, right, or being nervous before an audition, that's usually fear because it's something that's actually happening in the moment. 
Anxiety is when we don't go on the hike because we're afraid that there could be a bear. Right. So it's not going to the audition because we're afraid of it going wrong. Right. And in turn, we're actually making our worst nightmare come true because nothing is going to happen. We, we stay stuck. So anxiety is characterized by a lot of things, but it's excessive worrying. It's feeling like um, if you've ever had too much caffeine, sure. that feeling of your blood like racing through your veins, you can feel that. You almost feel agitated, like you're racing thoughts, almost like you can't put words to it you mm. just feel like your brain is on crack yeah it's that fight or flight syndrome when there's symptoms rather when there's nothing to fight or fly from bingo bingo so you're you're responding to the bear on the trail but right. like you're sitting on your couch creative people are generally prone to anxiety more yeah. so than non-creative people because when you think about the level of brain activity that comes with creativity that in itself and the feeling of excitement, it's very similar feeling to anxiety in the body, right? So we're kind of like already, if you're drawn to theater, probably if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably more prone to anxiety than Joe Schmo, who's not. I mean, you open up your phone and click any social app <laughs> and it's like a recipe for anxiety. Of course. Right? Like you look at, you have the the FOMO. And I, I really don't like that term because, mm. but it's real. It, it's, it's so real, especially for younger people. And one of the biggest problems is we're not talking about it. It presents itself so differently in different people. When I was battling anxiety, I was like a hot, uncontrollable mess, sweating. I, I would throw up. Like, what is wrong with this human over here? <laughs> right, like yeah. she's falling apart. Oh. Actually, the the amazing human who was starring in The Prom recently, uh, Caitlin Kinnanen. Yes. She talks a lot about her struggles with anxiety and went online and talked about how she had a panic attack on stage and yeah. she needed to leave it in her mission. And I'm like, at home, like, yes, girl, please tell every... Because the more that we can talk about this stuff, especially in the theater community, the more normalized getting support can be. Yeah, it's so interesting. You know, I, I come from a generation of performers who still subscribe to the uh, mystique and not talking mm. about yourself and keeping that distance. And that was who I grew up around with. I grew up around a lot of entertainers when I was younger. And yet now the opposite is true. Now the people who really truly have the, the power are the people who are vulnerable. But what's really interesting is that as much as we talk about all of our shit, we still do not talk enough about mental health and the mental health problems that we have. And the fact that Caitlin would do that, she and I did um, the same show at 54 Below a couple of weeks ago. And she again got up on the stage and she was like, yeah, you know, I, I think one of the keys to my success is is just that talking about all the real stuff that's going on and the fact that yes. I have panic attacks. And I think you also talked about something, I mentioned something that I really want to touch on before we move on is the fact that, you know, in comparison to Joe or Jane Schmo, who has uh, a job outside of theater, um, you know, we have to access deep parts of our emotion, yes. emotional life. We have to access those memories, those pain points in our bodies, in our, our minds, in order to really, truly 
fulfill our task as performers, as interpreters of, of art and, and great literature. People who are sitting outside of the audition room, people are sitting at home, people who deal with us on a daily basis. I really want to ask you, how can we cope? I want to pick your brain about coping strategies because when we're in that full-on flight or fight mode, there are some powerful and simple techniques we can use to get ourselves out of it, right? Absolutely. And the biggest thing, so the two biggest things that we can do is A, be preventative. These are the umbrellas. We can totally right. get into specifics. Right. But be preventative. Don't wait until you're having a panic attack or you know you need to leave the show in the middle or you're not going to the audition. Do things while you feel good. Yeah. While you're feeling good, take care of yourself so that it's it's like taking care of your immune system so that you don't get sick instead yeah. of like waiting until you have a cold to take care of yourself. Yeah. Same thing with mental health. But for whatever reason, we don't talk about that in our society. And the other piece of it is, in that same vein, is go find a therapist mm. so that when things do come up, you have that trusted relationship. You have somebody that you can go to and you're not coming in like, oh my God, shit's falling apart. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Yeah. And you feel at your most vulnerable, right? You have that person to go to. So things like doing meditation. And I know that this sounds so fucking cliche. Like, <laughs> but it's I know, true. But it's so true. And- Different things work for different people. Right. So if you're sitting here like, oh, God, this lady meditation doesn't work for me. That's totally OK. First of all, right. there's like a million different types of meditation. Right. I run. And I, I meditate, but I also running and exercise yes. for me. It's like literally sometimes I'm like, am I running away from my problems in some sort of like thing? But like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Because sometimes I'm like, I got to go for a run. I got to get it out. But no, yes, but that's, meditation. That's beautiful. And running exercise is amazing. And a lot of people think that it's just because of the endorphins that are released. Mm. But it's not just that. When we're really stressed out or incredibly anxious, a lot of cortisol gets released. Mm -hmm. And cortisol is the stress hormone in our brain. And it comes around like Miss Pac-Man and mm -hmm. it eats up all of our serotonin. And serotonin is what makes us feel happy and calm and kind of regulates our um, happy to sad monitor for, for simplicity's mm -hmm. sake. Mm -hmm. And so it eats up all of that. Now and tell me, we, tell me something really quick. I want to, yeah. I want to interject here. So, is there something? I, I'm, I'm sure there's something with meditation and running, but is there something that a supplement that people can take, or some sort of something that will help to increase the serotonin in the body? Absolutely. So. This is where the disclaimer comes in. Right. Like asterisk, call your doctor. Please, not, not, please asterisk, do not, not a medical come looking doctor. for Rachel or I if something goes wrong with yeah, this. this exactly. Is if, yes, it's like if, if you are listening beyond this point, you have been warned. Yeah, exactly. That was our disclaimer. There you go. Um, there was an incredible supplement. It's called 5-HTP. Mm. And it's actually synthetic serotonin. And it can really, really help. Um, additionally, if you feel that there may be a chemical imbalance, like you were saying about before with, with medication, there is nothing wrong with being on medication. If you Absolutely. have diabetes, you need insulin. You're not going to be like, oh, I'm weak because I'm taking right. in my insulin. Like That's a no. great way of putting it. Yeah, sure. Right. So it's taking the things and doing the things that make your body and brain feel really good. And there's no shame around whether that is a run, meditating, taking an Epsom salt bath, you know, joining an intramural sports team or yeah. going out and singing at Marie's crisis in the village, like yeah. whatever it is that brings you that 
joy and that peace and calm. Do that and try to not judge yourself for what that activity is. I have found that so many of the best actors, the the people that I have connected with the most, when I end up, you know, learning more about them, they're people who have gone to therapy and who actually have had mental health quote unquote struggles. And it's because they've learned how to connect with their emotion and then emote that to other people. If you don't know how to connect with that, how are you going to do that on the stage or behind a camera? Absolutely. And there's a power in that. You know, a lot of people want to not touch those memories that Mm -hmm. really hurt us. A lot of people want to stay as far away from the pain and the suffering um, that bringing up uh, our struggles can cause. But when you can own those stories, when you can delve into them and say, okay, I was responsible for this, but I wasn't responsible for that. and Or I wasn't responsible for any of it, but I'm responsible for my reaction and my response to it today, here in this moment. There's such a power. And instead of those stories having power over you, you can use them and and really generate those performances that are memorable, those performances that are authentic, and those performances that are just unique to who we are and the experiences we've had in our lives. Bingo. So let's move to the flip side of that same coin and talk about depression. There are a lot of different interpretations of depression, but what is your professional definition of depression? So again, it's like this in-between of you can feel depressed without being diagnosed with depression. Um, But all in all, depression is when essentially nothing sounds good to you anymore. Yeah. Like the things that you typically would love that you don't want to go do them. Mm. You don't want to take care of anything. You kind of just want to either sleep all day or be awake and kind of numb out. You know, one of the things that our culture has done is we've kind of used these terms, anxiety and depression, to describe things that aren't those things. So, you know, you'll be walking down the street and somebody will be like, oh, my God, I'm so depressed. I had five chicken nuggets today. Right. And I'm like, no, that's that's not not depression depression at all. (laughs) And that that has kind of contributed to misunderstandings of these things. And so it's important to differentiate between sadness and depression Mm -hmm. because you can feel sad for an extended period of time. Mm. But feeling sad is different than feeling depressed. I want to explore with you the best ways to talk about your challenges so that the conversation doesn't become this sort of multiplication of malignant thoughts that eat away at us and exhaust the people we're talking to. Totally. So just like you got to be careful who you share your dreams with Mm. (laughs) and your aspirations in life. Oh, yes. Right? You also got to be mindful about who you share your emotional state with. Because whether we want to admit it or not, as humans, we bring our own bias and biases into every conversation we have. Mm -hmm. Now, part of training to become a therapist is how to have a conversation where you don't do that. And it's it's a lot of training, and it's I'm sure it it's is. hard to do because yeah. we all have our own shit. It's like, oh well, my ex did this, so now I'm hearing a story that's similar, so I'm going to give her advice based on what my ex did. Ugh. Right. So when you want to go to somebody to talk about this, find someone who is 
either incredibly good at listening, like Mm -hmm. that one friend where you're like, wow, they can just really hold space and I can just talk and they don't try to fix anything and they're just going to listen or find somebody even on Instagram, <laughs> on social media, that's a really? therapist. Yeah. Oh, yes, that's and, a therapist. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. you were saying find somebody. I was no, like, no, 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 <laughs> Yeah, random stranger and just DM them your whole life story. Yeah, it's don't, great. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah don't, do don't that. please don't do that. Yeah. Um, you know, find somebody in the profession and ask them, say, hey, this is what I'm feeling. What do you, like, are there any resources? Right. Because right. everybody that I know underneath any mental health umbrella all they want to do is help, like we were talking about screaming onto yeah. a freeway, right? Yeah. So there are yeah. so many tools and resources that so many of us have, but they're not being accessed because nobody's asking. Mm-hmm. So find somebody who cares about you, who loves you unconditionally, who you feel comfortable going to and saying, I'm not okay. Right. Because sometimes we're not okay. Have, yeah, and it's okay to not be okay yeah and even if you don't you know we, we were talking about communication and how even though we are so interconnected with all these devices and social media and whatnot we're also increasingly more isolated if you don't have someone that you feel that loves you unconditionally and will will willingly listen to what you have to say on the devices, not only with social media, like you said, mm-hmm. someone who's in the field, but there are now services where you can just call somebody yep, and text somebody. You don't even yes. have to talk on the phone. You There's text therapy, right? Yes, there is. So there's a couple spaces. There's Talkspace right. and then the other one I'm blanking on the name of right now, BetterHelp. That's what it is, mm. BetterHelp. And those are great. I don't love them for like long-term treatment because sure. I think that the, you know, Studies show, I'm going to get really nerdy on oh, you for a she, minute. Oh, she pulled out the study know, show, not I'm the just, study show. Like real nerdy. <laughs> so 50% of our success in therapy is based on the relationship between client and therapist. Makes sense. Right? That's It's a lot. So like sure. you could have like a not great clinician. And if you have a great rapport with them in relationship, you're more likely to have success than a really, really, really good therapist who you just don't vibe with. Yeah. And it's hard to make that connection just over text for an extended period of time. So I love those services for like brief things. You know, let's say like you really wanted to book something and you are on the hook for like, you know, six months, like we've all been there and they're like kind of dragging you along and you don't end up getting it. And Mm -hmm. afterwards it's like, I just, I'm done. Like I can't, I can't imagine going back out there. I'm feeling, and you start isolating yeah. and you don't have anybody in your life, that would be a really great time to use one of those things. One of the things that you and your husband, Kyle, talk about is how pop culture has fed us the false belief that self-love comes second and that relationships require compromise before they even start. So what, what are the examples of that message that you see in today's pop culture? Oh, man, everything. <laughs> I mean, you can look at Friends, you can look at How I Met Your Mother, these shows that um, have really pierced culture. Like most people know Friends references. I love that show. Mm -hmm. Monica and Chandler's relationship is super abusive. (laughs) Like you rewatch that back and you're like, oh, no. Yes, like yes. There's yeah. manipulation going on. Yes. There's a lot of yeah, it's it's kind of fucked up. Yeah, it's totally <laughs> fucked up. And like it's funny from a comedy perspective because so right. much of comedy is fucked up. 
Right. But if you're viewing that as a younger person with like, oh, I want to find my Chandler. I want to find my Monica. And Chandler is is, is not the ideal catch. No. Right? Like Chandler is really in need of therapy. You know who's in most need of therapy is Ross. <laughs> Ross, of course. Ross is like. Yes. But at least they give <sighs> you the backstory as to why this guy this, that's was true. so messed that's up. That's true. Like, at least you get it. But it like, oh, yeah. man, it's, the choices that they make. I know. And even, How they're all uh, in each other's business. Yep, all the time. And right. they like mess with each other. It is yeah. so unhealthy. And yet, I know when I was growing up, it was like, I want to have a group just like on Friends. Oh, of course. I'm the Rachel, because I'm Rachel, obviously. <laughs> yes. You know, and yes, there's the quizzes you can take online. Yes, right? yes. Yeah. And it's unbelievable. And all of this becomes so subconscious that we're not yeah. thinking about it as we're walking around. It just becomes part of our narrative. Yeah. And so unfortunately, the the media and especially with, you know, reality TV the way that it is now, mm-hmm. um it doesn't give us the best example of what healthy communication is and that's actually why we started our podcast was, you know, The Bachelor is such a popular reality TV franchise and the whole point of it is finding love and yet they don't do a very good job. Yeah, no, I no, no. I think that they the point that they try and tell you is that it's about finding love, but really the point of it is just like let's put a whole bunch of snakes in one room and put a mouse or two in there mm-hmm. and see what happens. One hundred percent, and that's right? the, yeah, yeah. But if we can use those people and those interactions as examples to learn healthy communication, I'm like all about it. Yeah, all about absolutely. it. You can learn at least what not to do. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And every <laughs> once in a while, it's like, oh, they communicated so well. And it's like, right. you know, standing ovation. Holy shit. It's it comes back to the whole preventative thing. It's like, so my whole analogy is like driving a car. If we were put behind the wheel of a car and somebody said, OK, Justin, I know that you don't know what any of these levers and buttons on the floor do, but like you're going to take it onto the freeway and you'll you'll get to New York. Fine. It'll be fine. Like you can just go and, you know, you're supposed to know how to do this. So have fun. That's what we're doing in our relationships. We're not being taught how to communicate. We're not being taught what a healthy relationship looks like. And then when the car crashes Everybody's like, oh, no, it didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, whatever. And then meanwhile, you're on your like fourth or fifth car. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and everybody's right. like, oh, maybe there's something wrong with you. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, actually, because I never learned how to fucking do this. Yeah. Or something's wrong with the car. Yes. That's not yes. me. It's got to be the car. Yeah, it's got to be the yeah. other person, right? <laughs> All that shit. Well, something that I had to learn and learn hard way was that speaking of cars, that collision, and that's what I like to call arguments, yeah. that collision is sometimes necessary for the lines of communication to become actually fully open in a relationship. Now, I hate conflict and I used to avoid it like the plague. Mm, How did that go? I I just wanted people to be happy and for there to be harmony and fun like all the time. And sometimes you got to verbally duke it out and things need to get heated before you can really know where the person you're in relationship with is truly coming from, right? Oh, 100%. Not only are you so correct, but I'm going to get nerdy again. The research shows us that conflict actually brings us closer. Conflict happens in healthy relationships and that relationships where there is no conflict, usually not all the time, there's some aspect of emotional abuse going on. 
What are some of the more subtle emotional abuses that happen in relationships that that people might not either call emotional abuse or recognize as emotional abuse? Yeah. So this was actually the biggest thing that happened on this past season of The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, Mm. actually, is there was a Mm. contestant on the show that was emotionally abusive and Mm. they didn't pull him. And we were commentating on it through the whole thing. And then the season ends and they actually do an announcement that he was being emotionally abusive. So I agree with you. People don't know. So there, there's physical abuse. Right. Then there's things like financial abuse and reproductive abuse, like coercing someone or tricking somebody into having a child with you. Yeah. There's obviously sexual abuse and things like that. Emotional abuse is the toughest to identify when you're in it. Right. Because part of the abuse is inherently making you feel as though you're at fault. Yeah, it's gaslighting. Correct. Exactly. So it can be anything from, you know, belittling you. It could be calling you names. It could be controlling where you are all the time. Um oh withholding affection or giving you the silent treatment by like punishing you. Uh, And that is something I had to learn because I grew up with that happening to me. mm. You know, whenever, whenever my parents were disappointed and I have the greatest parents in the world, I'm not speaking ill of them, but at times, and because it's probably what they learned from their parents and then going back. But like whenever I, I learned that, when I was disappointed in someone or something, I would not talk to them. I would mm. give them that. And it was, a, I, I had to learn that that was punishment. And I, I was I was emotionally abusing yeah. the people that I loved instead of just going, hey, I really am disappointed in this. I don't like it. Let's find some way to resolve this thing. Yes. I was being emotionally abusive. I had been emotionally abused by giving them the silent treatment or ignoring them or pretending like they didn't exist. Yeah. Well, and and thank you for acknowledging things like that because I think you're a great example of you're a wonderful human being. So are your parents, it sounds like. (laughs) Yes, they are. And just because a wonderful person does something that they didn't know is wrong doesn't make them a bad person. And (laughs) but so often we'll be like, oh, God, that guy's an asshole. Like she's a bitch because she blah, 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 blah. And no, they if they didn't know what the consequence was of their actions, then once they figure that out, see what they do. Right. And like you course corrected. And that's a beautiful thing because that's what we're all doing in life is just course correcting over and over and over again. There's so much great stuff in this conversation, but I want to take a moment to remind you that if you are someone who auditions, you're someone who goes into the room or goes on stage and performs, then you need to get the book Audition Secrets Volume 1. It is the behind the scenes guidebook for nailing more auditions and booking more jobs. And the best part about all of it is it's absolutely free to you if you go to auditionsecrets.com and hit the tab that says free book. It's a digital download. You can have instant access to it today. So after this interview, go to auditionsecrets.com and get your copy. When we're talking to uh, directors or casting directors, you know, how can we strengthen lines of communication and really be more authentic to ourselves in a situation where Authenticity often goes out the window. <laughs> totally. So first and foremost, it's, it starts with you, just like everything else. Yeah. So getting really comfortable with asking yourself, what am I feeling? What do I want? Yeah. Because a lot of times we'll feel 
um, we know what we don't want. And we're like, whatever you're doing right now, I don't like it. I don't, right. I don't want that. Right. And the partner or the choreographer or whoever it is, is like, okay, but like, what do you want? Yeah. There's no, there's no future to that. Right. Right. It's a ro- big roadblock and a big wall. Yes, there. exactly. So I use, I've created this like little uh, acronym for a framework. It's mm-hmm. AEO and it's acknowledge, explain, and offer. And if you can use this, you can use this while talking to a policeman if you get pulled over in a car. You could use this in an audition room, during rehearsal, with your partner, anything. So the acknowledge is kind of calling out the elephant in the room. So like, hey, I know I was kind of an asshole earlier. Or I know every time we've talked about money, it's kind of gotten heated. Mm. Or hey, I know that this is a total uh, faux pas in an audition. Yeah. And you know, and and I love that, that you're acknowledging what's going on in the situation and you're not placing blame on someone else. I mean, if anything, you, you would, you're not even placing blame on yourself. You're just saying, I recognize. Exactly. This. Exactly. And so that way, the other person, their defenses subconsciously, they go down. Right. Right. If you say to a cop, like, Hey, I know I was speeding. Right. Their reaction, like, try it. Their reaction is going to be like, Oh, Oh. Well, yeah, because everyone else is like, why? Well, what? What? Yeah, lies. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So acknowledge. That's the first thing. Right. Explain. This is where most of us start. But what mm. we usually do is say, you blah, 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 or you're right. doing this. Right. We need to stay in first person. So I, I felt sick. So I was driving really quickly to get to a bathroom. Right. Um, I choked on my spit, so I really want to start my song over. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I feel sad when you spend money that's not in the account. Yeah. It's, it's all about, or even I noticed you shut down when I blah, 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 blah. Right? So it's not you shut down when I talked about this. It's I noticed because you're taking the responsibility of you did see it with your eyes. Perhaps that's not what that other person meant to do. So that's the explain piece. And the key there at two things, if stay an eye and then also use a feeling. So we do this like weird trick in our language where we go, I feel like, and then we right. say a thought. <laughs> mm, so we're like, I feel like I want to go to have Thai food. Mm-hmm. Inst- that's not how you feel that's what you're thinking correct right instead of i feel hungry i want thai food mm-hmm. right like uh, it's very different but we trick and then it tricks other people's minds so they're like no that's not true and then we hear this person doesn't believe my feelings and you're right. like no they don't agree with your thought but you framed it as <laughs> yeah. a feeling right right so those are the two key things with the e the explain Amazing. Okay, so we've acknowledged, we've explained, and then the offer is what you actually see as a potential solution. Mm-hmm. You're not necessarily saying this is how it's going to be. I'm laying down the law, but you're saying here, you know, what I would love to do is, or yeah. um, what I see as a potential solution is this. So, like the audition one, right? Like, acknowledge. Hey, I I know that this is a super big faux pas. Um, mm-hmm. I inhaled and choked on my spit <laughs> what i would really love to do is start the song over would that be okay with you oh 
And they would, I mean, 9.9 times out of 10, unless there's real ball busters on the other side. I mean, I can't imagine that they would say, and I've been in situations where things have gone awry in the first few measures Mm -hmm. of a song. And when you do that, they will always, always let you start over again. Because I'd like to tell people all the time, it's it's one of the chapters in my book, the casting team is on your side. They want you to come in and do really well because then they can go home. Exactly. And they can be like, (laughs) we found them. We're done. We're out. That's it. We're done. Right. So if you need to start your song over again. Okay. So here we go. Are you ready, Rachel? I'm so ready. Check it out. Come on. Let's talk about sex, baby. (laughs) Yes. Let's talk about sex. Sex because you're a licensed sex therapist. It's true. You know, I like to tell my students, it's like, you know, you can, most people try and play a character or be like the character and try and, you know, it's it's like walking into the room with a skin suit on that's someone else's <laughs> skin, right? Yeah. And as gross as that sounds, but it's like, it just no, doesn't yeah. quite fit. What was that? Men in Black. Do you remember yes. Men in Black? Oh, yeah, I think of it was course. Vincent D'Onofrio's character. is like the big cockroach who's stuck inside the whatever that guy. Well, it was Vincent D'Onofrio. Yes. It was like, whatever. So like, it's like, it just doesn't look right. It doesn't feel right. But if you, in essence, get in touch with your own, own experiences yes. and relate those experiences to the character's experiences, to the character's thought patterns, to what the character has been through. And again, it's like getting in touch with yourself yes. more. And you're not necessarily playing a character, but allowing the character to play through your experience, through your body and aligning your vibration in a way where you don't have to act, quote unquote, yes. you can just play. And you you can allow yourself to experience the 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 deepest darkest secrets within yourself using the words and thoughts and feelings and emotions and actions of a character that someone else has written 100% and that is it's it's inside out instead of outside in yes absolutely and that is so powerful and it, there's so much psychology around how that is such a healthy way to live our lives too, yeah. which is why I think that acting classes are so incredibly important for every person to go sure. through sure. to just experience what that's like. Yeah, even improv classes. Oh, I think that needs to be required. Yeah. Like, hands, it's like sex ed, improv, <laughs> acting 101. Let's just that's create our own school and that, curriculum. That's it. That's all we're going to do. Yeah. That's it. Yes. Yes. It's just right, going to be a bunch of people right school for wellness, yeah, touching each other and <laughs> playing improv games. Exactly. This sounds amazing. It sounds great. Sign me up. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to matriculate in the fall. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Well, you know what? This has been an awesome conversation. Thank you so very much. I have not had a conversation like this on my podcast. It's just so, so much fun. Thank you for your insight. Thank you for your candor and and for really uh, sharing your wisdom with my listeners. I really appreciate it. Ah, yes, that is the lovely Rachel Wright, folks. Isn't she awesome? Man, I love this podcast. I love having conversations with these amazing people. And I love that you stuck with me all the way to the end. Thank you so very much for listening to this. I get so many wonderful DMs 
on my Instagram and Facebook messages and where people follow me, just telling me how much they enjoy not only this podcast, but the stuff that I put on my socials, how much they love Audition Secrets Volume 1, the book. And it, it really, truly is an honor to serve you. Again, if you would like to find out more about the things that I do and how you can get a bunch of stuff for free that will help reshape the way you audition, will help you nail more auditions and help you book more jobs, all you need to do is go to auditionsecrets.com. That's all I got for you today. This has been Audition Secrets. I am Justin Guarini. And remember, at the end of the day, you're only one audition away. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.